No driving gloves. We're a combination of gearheads. John, the instigator. Derek, the conservator. Will, the builder. Sean, the racer. And maybe a guest. Invite you to listen while they sit down, have a drink, and discuss cars. Learn more and subscribe to the podcast at No Driving Gloves. Time now for the ride. And we're here tonight. Oh, another great. What up? Yep. What's happening, everybody? If there's everybody out there, oh, got viewers. Oh, guess we're becoming a regular Wednesday night program. Kind of feel like um, oh, I can't say that show anymore. Uh, we'll say cheers. You guys are joining us every week. It's feeling good. You know, everybody knows your name. If I like click over to the comments so I can see your names. And, oh, we might have a topic change for tonight. We don't know. I mean, we can kind of, we might get to bitching about some of the stuff that are annoying drivers, but we might end up changing the name of this topic. And Will threw something out right here before the beginning of the show. I'm um, trying to think of anything that's going on that we really need to hit. NoDrivingGloves.com for everything about the show, all the videos, all the uh, the audio podcasts are catching up. Still doing that. Man, I, I keep forgetting that as we keep recording, my catching up doesn't catch up. Praying by the end of the month, we'll be back to weekly live shows, whatever. The, sh the show that comes out that week is the show that we're recording today. Uh, so, Will, you... Uh, kind of uh, ducked out on us a week or two ago and uh, finally figured out where you went. You went and played with pigeons, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I was going to be able to pull it off, but we got up to the cabin, and unfortunately they'd had some fires up in the Wares Valley, Shagbark shag area, and just didn't have good enough Wi-Fi to pull it off, so I uh, apologize for that. So that was... That was the deal with that. Um, going to be home for a few weeks, so pretty excited about that. Uh, next show will be in uh, Nashville at the Nashville Speedway with uh, good guys. So that's where we'll be. We'll have our trailer set up, rig set up. So come by and say hi, and maybe we can get some uh, – no driving glove stuff there. I don't know if we got any apparel or. <laughs> well, Will's got Pictures. a really look for the big uh, no driving gloves banner that we spent a bunch of money on. And Will uh, took from me. <laughs> I, saw it, I saw it at two events. So yeah. we got our money out of it. It will be. It will be flying. I promise it'll be stuck to the side of the trailer. So, uh, yeah, maybe we can do uh Maybe I'll have time to do some Facebook Live. That'd be cool. Do some Facebook Live of, of the cars that are there at the show. Maybe the autocross, uh, something or another. So, I'm, pl I'm planning on trying to do some of that. I was going to slip down to the um, Alabama Auto Show, and I, I missed it. Something came up. But I, they had the new Lightning there, and I really wanted to see that. Which, ironically, I got an email the next day from my dealer saying, hey, if you're looking for something, I said, well, where the hell's my Maverick? <laughs> and he goes, well, that's just a story. I said, well, here's the text we had before. You were supposed to call me to spec it out. But it <laughs> doesn't matter. I wouldn't have bought it. I mean, I much prefer my Mini with a flooded motor. So, <laughs> oh. oh, so I'm trying to think of any big car news other than I guess Musk's distracted from t uh, Tesla with Twitter. He likes those T names. 
Yeah. Goes back to Sam Kinison. I don't know if any of you know the old Sam Kinison skit, but it was always more capital T. If you don't know it, look it up, but it's not safe for children or work. <laughs> not <laughs> so, safe for work. And remember, it is Kinison, so he will offend. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Oh, so well, the most thing was, aren't, aren't com- comedians supposed to offend? Isn't that their job? Isn't um, that not if you're Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what a what a fiasco that's turned out to be, right? Oh, I, I other than the fact Will never got arrested, I'm good with it. He's banned from attending the awards for ten years. Can still win an award, but he can't. In per- there to accept it in person. So, but hell, in 10 years, the whole thing will be virtual anyway. They'll have holograms on stage. And oh, Tup- yeah, yeah. Tupac will be getting his award or something. <laughs> Tupac and Michael Jackson will be hosting it. Yeah. Oh, like who used to host it that's now dead? You know, <laughs> oh, whoever. We're not talking, kind of, we're talking cars here. Oh, yeah. We're <laughs> I thought there was car news, there was something that popped up. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did the uh, 3D episode where we were talking about 3D printing and stuff. And an interesting article came out today. And if I find it here, there it is. The drive. Get a lot of information from the drive. But Honda, in the last week or so, has sent books of paper to a lot of the 3D websites, the 3D printing websites. Uh, Prussia's site is the one that reacted first. Most of the other ones, according to the article, have not. But the, anything that referred to Honda has been removed. So if it's a cup holder for a Honda Civic, you can't print it anymore. If it is the interior trunk release handle for your Honda Accord, which for some reason I read that the 10th generation Accord doesn't have this thing. And I thought it was required by law. I don't know, but you could print out this and you, you know, there's all these things you can print out. You can print out an exact washer bottle cap. And I'm sure, you know, and according to the, the letter, Honda gave exact dimensions. If there's something that prints to this. So that almost sounds like they want, they're trying to prevent reproduction parts from being made 3d printed which there's some validity to it because if it's a three you know you print it for your car you sell it used it fails i i can kind of see some of that but if i'm printing a cell phone holder or you know some you know a, a cup holder or some badge or i don't know but we were talking on that episode. I know Derek, uh, Derek was there. I'm not sure if Will was on that one. But we were talking about how some of the manufacturers are embracing it. Obviously, Honda's not. Uh, the guy that runs Prussia or Prusa, um, Joseph Prusa, I believe, has already reached out to Honda and said, wait a second, we need to talk about this. You're really shooting yourself in the foot if you're going to have everybody take down all your Honda stuff. Now, Again, Prusa is the only one. Their site is the only one that has taken down these, uh, you know, files for your 3D printer. Supposedly things first and everybody else still has them up. But that's a bit of news that I saw this week. Um, got anything for that, Will? Or um, you want to tell us a little bit about Pigeon Forge? I'm sure you had another successful event. Or 
Uh, yeah, we got a uh, top five, ultimate five, which is pretty well the best we could have done. Um, and it was, it was, it was stiff this year. Uh, Pigeon Forge Rod runs generally really good. Uh, there's a lot of really, really nice home built stuff there. Uh, but Scotty D does what he calls the dirty dozen. They invite him there to the show. He brings in 12 cars and the 12 he brought this year, they were all strong. Pretty sure all of them got a top 25, all the 12 and every one of the ultimate five winners were cars that Scotty brought in. So, you know, Scotty's got a lot of pull in the industry and, and brings uh, brings good cars to that car show. So, I mean, it's a huge attraction for the fall Pigeon Forge Rod Run. Uh, I think I've been a part of every Dirty Dozen, uh, which, I mean, Scotty and I are really good friends. He likes what we do, and uh, we don't really build junk. So, uh, just been fortunate to be a part of every one of them. <clears throat> and uh, it was... Man, it was a tough field this year. Even even the cars that weren't in the Dirty Dozen, there was some really nice cars. So, um, you know, and a couple of shops there that are just getting started. It's always excited to see that. And uh, one guy had a Corvette and a Challenger. It was a Challenger or a Cuda there that, uh, you know, was was nice cars. So seeing... Seeing more people get into it and young people get into it and starting shops and, you know, it's always exciting to see. And, you know, there's a truck show that goes on up there the same weekend. It's been three years in a row and it's in Sevierville. And it's not a, you know, a mini truck show. It's one of them, you know, tooted ass squatting truck shows. And they are going. They're going to ruin it. They are really going to ruin it. And I, I and and I know, back in the seventies and the eighties when it was in Gatlinburg and it was called the Outlaw Rod Run and people doing burnouts and causing fights and all that stuff, you know, kind of ruined it to be in Gatlinburg. Um, but it's it's not that that crowd's changed and. It's just really, really frustrating, you know, when you're pulling a 48-foot trailer and people cut you off and and then you get stopped at a red light and they want to jump out of their car and come back there and harass you. And, uh, you know, it's pretty frustrating. So Say people people actually do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, this kid, this kid hopped out on me. Um, <laughs> I was pulling the trailer, trying to turn in there at the island on Teaster Lane. And it was backed up probably a quarter mile or better. And we were getting pretty close to the red light. And I'm pulling a 48-foot trailer. I can't just stay right on somebody's butt and keep somebody from cutting me off, you know. And here come this young punk kid in a Toyota 4Runner that had, you know, 10 inches of lift in the front and lowered in the back. And uh, cut me off and... I gave him the gave him the horn and told him he was number one and his buddy in the back seat hopped out. Well, I hopped out. And um I'm not a little guy. Needless to say, little boy uh tucked his tail and got back in his truck real quick. So um, you know, I I'm not gonna put up with it. Uh if somebody's gonna do that to me, you better be ready. <laughs> and and I don't fight fair either. 
I'm not going to fight fair. I'm I'm going to win. I'm going home. You know, um, so that you know, I love Pigeon Forge. I mean, we we've had we had a house up there for eleven years. We sold it three months ago, but I mean, we love Pigeon Forge, and we go up there every chance we get. And and to see to see stuff like that happening is, is frustrating. And the city of Sevierville, they don't care. You know, um, pretty good pretty good friends with the the guys that that run the pigeon forge rod run they've been doing it for 30 years and they have a you know i think he said they had a 10-year lease on the uh on that building that they're in the leconte center and uh they went to the city of severeville and asked them to change uh, you know the dates of the truck show and they don't seem to want to do it we you know, generally the show's over by six o'clock. Uh, it takes about an hour for a lot of people to get their stuff out of there. And we, you know, we just kind of wait around and, and then we go get our trailer and we bring it down to the Island parking lot and we load up. It's never been really a problem. Uh, this year they decided the, the truck crowd uh, made a tweet or a Instagram post or something to meet up at the Island parking lot. And they did. And you could not even move in the parking lot. Luckily for us, I just moved some barricades and pulled into the exterior vendor area. And we were able to load up. But, I mean, the kids were out there just throwing trash and beer cans on the ground. Um, and it, it didn't take long for the cops to show up, but they didn't bust it up. I mean, they just... Um, you know, let them sit out there and play their vulgar music. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love vulgar music. I listen to it all the time, but I don't do it with my kids in the car and I don't do it where people can hear me next, next to me. I mean, they're, they're blaring it so loud that you can hear it a quarter mile away. And, you know, it's just, um, you know, I hate to preach about kids, uh, because I, I, I think, getting kids into the automotive industry is a huge thing. But, you know, I mean, I wasn't that way when I was 17, 18 to 25, whatever, you know, I wasn't doing that. And, and none of us were the crowd that I ran with, we wasn't going out and terrorizing parking lots and people and just being a menace to society, you know? I don't think I was being a menace to society, but I, um, what do I want to say? I did have my loud music and I did too. Uh, self entitlement of driving. You know, I knew how to drive. I was shit. I was 20 <laughs> years old. <laughs> and, and I mean, I guess we all have, a, have had that a little bit. And, and I did. I, I had, I had a system and everything that I owned and, um, but these, these kids have put speakers on the outside of their truck, like, like, um, tower speakers that you put on your wakeboard boat. They're on the exterior of their trucks just so they can annoy you. That's all it's for. It's, it's wanting attention. I mean, you know, you know some people have a podcast for attention. Some people have. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that. That's my that's my gripe for the for the deal up there. And I, I came home Saturday night. I got home about midnight. I was like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this in the morning. 
uh, I, I've got, I got the two cars loaded, the Impala and the Trans Am and, and I came home. So yeah, I, th- I would say there's probably some security thought behind that too, is if they know what's in the trailer or something, I've seen it at a lot of events I go to or something happens to the trailer. You know, we were always, when we went to an event with the museum or something, we always made sure, you know, back the trailer up to a light pole or something. So yep. you can't get in the back door and, yep. you know, everything's like that. And when you know there's trouble there, you just do your best to avoid it. It's yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I guess I, I, I'm going to say, we're going to stay on topic to what we announced. Will's got some announcements and hopefully we'll get them back next week and we can get it. And he, it's some bitches too. Um, and maybe we'll get to it by the end, but it seems the comments are filled. The uh, got comments all day. Everybody seems everybody seems to be frustrated or have their pet peeves about driving. Um, I think you just voiced one there, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I figured I'd kind of fall into topic there, and uh, yes. it, it's uh, generally I don't get too frustrated behind the wheel. Uh, I know there's a lot of idiots out there that should not be driving. So I'm, I would say I'm way more of a defensive driver than I am an offensive driver. So <laughs> Jason's like, my wife can't drive. That's funny. Um, is that your pet peeve, Jason? Or <laughs> and if it is, isn't that your fault? <laughs> you, you married her. I'm sure you rode with her before, <laughs> before you married her. Right. <laughs> But, uh, you know, there, there are some things uh, that that kind of bug me. But, you know, I'm to the point now, I'll sit at, I'll sit at the, uh, <laughs> Jason's in trouble. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll sit at a stop sign to make sure it's clear before I pull out. You know, I'm not going to be that guy. Um, but uh, I, I generally, I generally don't get too pissed off behind the wheel Un- unless it's a situation like I just explained where somebody cuts me off and then they get, they get out of their vehicle and try to do something to me, you know, that you want to turn this white head red. Yeah. Do that. Now, I've only had one or two people get out and I probably deserved it, but shoot, I knew what to, I had a really good one that wasn't t- kind of typical. And why did it all of it? I sat forward and it just fell out of my head. Did anybody see what fell out of my head? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure, Jason. That's not listening to the podcast. That's reading the podcast. He's uh, uh he's, he's he's trying to uh, he's trying to kiss up now. He does. <laughs> so, I mean, I got the list of you know. I've heard the turn signal one. Um, and I think we all know the turn signal one. Yeah. Um, people get frustrated about that. Ah, I know where I was going. I've come up with the term offensive driver, and it doesn't mean I offend. I'm offensive. My goal when I leave the house, it's I got the ball and I need to get to where I'm going, which is scoring a touchdown or hitting home plate or making a basket or believe it or not, I, I know these analogies. I might not be able to put them with the proper sports, but um, I'm, I'm offensive. I have the ball. I have a goal that's to get to where I'm going safely, quickly, and no, safely and quickly. And 
it's, you know, like you said, when you pull up to a stop sign, I pull up to a stop sign, make a decision if you're going to go or not. If you pull up, you know, if two people pull up there, I know who's legal, the person to my right, however you go around, but it, you just have to make a decision. Don't, the people that hesitate are the ones that call the, cause the problems. And then the ones that try to be courteous, don't be courteous. Follow the damn law. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's nice if you want to slow down to six miles an hour so somebody can merge in. No, you continue at 70 miles an hour down the interstate. It is their job to match speed to you to carefully merge in. There's exceptions when it comes to traffic and construction and, you know, things like that. But stick to the law as best as you can in those situations. Learn to zip. When we're coming up to two lanes to one lane, it's perfectly legal and it's perfectly designed for the people in the lane that's closing to fly down that lane. And you're supposed to just merge. Everybody's supposed to merge in. It's not a race. Now, unfortunately, some of those people flying down that other lane, they're trying to race to get ahead of all the slow people in the left lane. But if everybody does it nice and neat and people let people in, both lanes move Fairly quickly. It's a little bit slower because we've got two lanes of traffic or three lanes of traffic into one. And if you're in Alabama, it's a pain in the ass because they don't like to tell you about road construction until you're like 18 feet into it. You know, it'd be nice if they would put a sign up 1,000 feet, 1,500 feet, 2,000 feet, like hell, even Illinois does. And they don't have a lot of money for signs in their tax dollars. But they, you know, they let, let you, they warn you that there's construction coming up. And maybe you should, before I exit off the interstate or something, say, hey, you know, this road's closed or this, inter you know, it, the interstate's going to be closed two miles up, which was before the next exit or something, and warn me that this is going to happen. And maybe I'll take a different route and alleviate some of that traffic and danger, which also then, I guess, another pet peeve of mine is I use Apple Maps. I know I should be using Waze or probably Google Maps, but I, I like Apple Maps on my phone to find my way. But it gets really annoying. It, it tells you to do something. You take the exit ramp or you take the turn and you get just far enough that you can't turn around. And it says accident ahead or road obstruction ahead in a quarter mile. You couldn't have told me that before I turned and I was committed. So so you're getting <laughs> frustrated at a luxury. That's <laughs> hey. pretty bad, John. It's first world problems. If, if, if I was forced to, you know, take a horse everywhere or a rickshaw, maybe, <laughs> you know, well, and I saying rickshaw, look at the way India works and in some of these, these countries that have a billion people in them and they don't stripe the roads and they've got bicyclists and they've got rickshaws and they've got pedestrians and these people fly. Yeah. Their cars are nicked up and scratched and stuff, but they're able to move around and I, uh, I mean, in the big cities here, we can't even follow striped roads. And it's a product of your environment. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Mexico is pretty crazy too. I mean, you get in the cities of Mexico, it's it's like a free for all almost, you know. But you don't see many wrecks. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it sounds like Jason has a habit that I do or reads that way. It can't stand it with people drive too close behind the on, on the interstate going 90 miles an hour. Well, I'm just 
I'm just trying to get better gas mileage by drafting you. That's what I'm doing. I mean, if the guy in front of you is going 90 miles an hour and you want to go 110, he probably should get out of the way. <laughs> is that what you mean, Dana? Or is, is Jason coming up behind you at 90 miles an hour? <laughs> but you know, it, it all to me, it all goes back to the lanes. If you're in the left lane and there's nobody in front of you and somebody comes up behind you, get the F out of the way. Yeah, get over. Scoot over. That was one of the comments we got. Um, unless unless you're on I-59 in between Gadsden and the Georgia State line, it's okay to ride in the left lane because the right lane will kill you. Well, it's all speed bumps, and I know exactly what you're talking about. But even when I'm doing that, I stay in the left lane. But if somebody comes up behind me faster... I scoot over to the right lane and go, duh, 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 duh. unless I'm in my U-Haul that's full of fragile stuff. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, I'm pulling a 48-foot trailer with a bunch of money and cars in it and a dually that rides like shit anyway, you know? It should ride very well with that much weight on it. I mean, it rides better than being unloaded, <laughs> but it still rides like crap, you know? You're not in a Cadillac. You could be if you were in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I could imagine how bad that is. I, I I will never put a camera in my trailer because I'd probably stop pulling cars if I did. <laughs> they take a cars take a beating in trailers, man. Well, I mean, if you have them strapped down, they should just bounce with the trailer. Yeah, well, they do, but they get that double I mean, you're 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 murdering coalovers in a trailer. So, I mean, no, you, you, you're strapping down by wheels and not strapping down by suspension or frames. Uh, well, it depends. The Impala, we strap the front or the rear is strapped to the frame and we pull the suspension down just because it's so damn low. You can't get to nothing. You can't get to the rear end housing. And I know what you're talking about. We used to do it with race cars. Ever try to strap down a, a Formula One car with aero under it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You go over the tires, <laughs> go through the go through the wheels or something because you can't even strap down to the A arms because you know they're they're as thin as light as possible, if not carbon fiber. And right, carbon fiber is designed to tension one way, not two ways. Right. Let's see here. What was Toby throwing out here at the very beginning? Um, frustration behind the wheel peeve one. Rules of right-of-way exist for a reason. I think that's kind of what I touched on. Uh, appreciate letting me in or out, but just take your turn and go. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying there with the merging and everything else. And uh, it, Yep. Uh, see here, thanks. Why don't I just do this? If for those watching, there's Toby's uh, actual statement. Uh, frustration behind the wheel, pet peeve number one. Rules of the right away for, exist for a reason. Appreciate letting me in or out, but just take your turn and go, and then I'll go. Thanks for the thought, but I'd rather not deal with the accident you are about to cause. Exactly what I said. Quit being freaking courteous and just follow the rules. Let's see here. Anybody else comment yet on our uh, Dana was talking about the uh, tailgating? 
which is I can't stand when people uh, drive too close behind on the interstate going 90 miles an hour. Yeah, she's actually she's actually bitching about Jason. That's how Jason drives. Come on, Jason. Yeah. Well, Jason started it. You know, we're having these two bicker yeah. now. On he said, yeah, he said what I'm what I say. I'm just trying to conserve fuel and draft. You know, right? <laughs> what's wrong with that? I watched the MythBusters do that once, and it um they said it didn't affect. Yeah, it was a fail. I remember seeing it. I did it heavily with my U-Haul when I was moving to Birmingham. And a couple of years later, my brother was moving to from Kansas to Chattanooga, I believe it was. Knoxville. Maybe it was Knoxville, Tennessee. And I flew out, helped him move, and I drove he drove his car and I drove the U-Haul. And if I'm following behind a semi or something, that thing was getting eleven or twelve as opposed to eight or nine every single time. So there is, I think, some some drafting abilities, and I do think it's you know depending how brick like your car is. I think if you're trying to draft in a Corvette behind, you know, a Corolla or something, I don't think you're getting as much of a benefit. But then again, we've got start stop on our cars to save a billionth of a mile a gallon. So <laughs> and where uh, you starter out? What else you got that annoys you, Will? I could uh, um, see here. I've got uh, people who move to the far right to turn left. You know, they swing out to the right to turn left, and uh, people who turn left from the right lane—that's a really good one. I see quite often. Well, yeah. Sometimes you got to do that if you're pulling a forty-eight foot trailer and you're going somewhere you probably shouldn't be going. <laughs> but. <laughs> Well, this yeah. person I know lives in uh, Midwest farm country, so I'm sure tractors and grain trucks and things do that all the time. But I've seen plenty of cars where they think they have to swing out. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you something that's kind of it, – it, it annoys me a little bit. It doesn't have to, nothing to do with driving, but it has something to do with being on the road. When you stop at a truck stop, all right? A, uh, a Loves or a Flying J or whatever, you know, th those places have become very popular over the interstate. They're um, easy to get in and out of. So, you know, we stop at them a good bit. When you go into one at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning or whatever, and all of them truckers are in, in the bathroom brushing their teeth, that just that smell when I walk into that bathroom, the mixture of Colgate piss shit just drives me insane. I would rather go piss outside than go into a truck stop in the morning. Brush your damn teeth at your truck. Why can't you do that? I don't get it. Anyway. Um, I hope nobody was eating dinner during this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Tom, it was pretty funny. His eyes got real big. It didn't take him long to get back in his tooted ass forerunner. Uh, I was trying to find these pictures. There it is. 
but yeah, that is annoying. It stinks. And, uh, you know, I understand you brush your teeth. I mean, everybody does it every morning or, well, at least I hope everybody does. And, um, it's just, and they take up all the sinks. You can't wash your hands. Oh, it's just annoying as hell. Yeah. We had a comment there about people in Mini Coopers swinging right to turn left and that. And if I'm good enough here and I don't screw everything up, which I already have here, let's see if I can. He was talking about you, John. Yes, I, I believe he was. <laughs> so, um, Wesley, uh, Wesley's my new business partner in our new little adventure. Or maybe I'm his business partner. Yeah, it's probably more like it. He's kind of the head dude in charge. I'm just kind of supporting cast there. Yeah, let's see here. Um, oops, I'm sorry. I bumped into my microphone. I think I've got too many tabs open for me to do this. Nope, there it is. See. Mini Coopers have this taillight that everybody complains about, the newer ones, where if you turn on the right turn signal, it points to the left. And if you turn on the left one, it points a little bit to the right. That's warning you, Wesley, that we are going to swing out, but we are actually going to complete. So the little arrow is our preparation for the turn. That's that's the whole reason behind it. No, no other. That's why those turn signals exist. Our confused Mini Cooper drivers. <laughs> let's see here if i can make that picture go away <laughs> hit the x there you go yeah yeah I'm, I'm using another computer so that hopefully we can do that more often since we like to refer visually to things on this audio podcast and for those on, on the uh audio podcast you know mini coopers in the newest version they have the half a british flag on each taillight so when you turn the right one on it looks it has an arrow that actually points to the left and supposedly that confuses people. When it was discussed on the mini page, I pointed out that it was a BMW designer that came up with it. And BMW designers are really thinking that she, it's a BMW. They never use their turn signals. Does your daughter use her turn signal on her BMW? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I taught her well. Yeah. Like you said, you're a big man. <laughs> That's right. Big and scary. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, now Wesley agrees with me. He got it, and it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, Jason's commenting about your hygiene thing there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's brought to you by No Driving Gloves, Crest, and Love's Truck Stop. No. I, did I miss anything here? Nope. I was checking out the comments there. Let me go back to... Some of our other online comments, we've got a couple. We've got a Darren and a Devin that both mentioned something about the uh, left lane hogs. And uh, big one. And you probably really familiar with this with people with a 48-foot trailer and things. Uh, the people that love to um, pace your car while they're in your blind spot. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that doesn't really bother me any because when you're pulling a big trailer like that, you just kind of you just kind of turn the wheel like that right there, and that big trailer will just go woof woof, <laughs> and they 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 get out of your way pretty fast. 
So you see this big white wall just coming towards you, and that's all you can see. Yeah, you 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 get out of the way. So. Yeah, I try never to hang out, you know, on the right side of a trailer. I don't, I don't care if it's a tractor trailer and a 50, what is it, 56-foot trailer, whatever Three. they pull. 53. 53. 56, 53. What's the difference unless you're a DOT inspector? About, <laughs> about that much. <laughs> and about it's what? About a a, uh, a $10,000 fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, and, and I don't. I guess that's not a pet peeve of mine because I know most American drivers are not smart enough to go, hey, if I'm going to, this is the blind spot, I'm going to hang out here. No, they're just freaking morons that can't realize that if you let off the gas for just a second, you can fall in behind and it's nice and neat and you can do that drafting that was discussed earlier in the show. Well, with this, with all the blind spot detection and stuff, it's not quite as bad as it used to be. Because you can look over and see that little dot on your mirror, and so you know, it, it's the frustrating part of me is like when I'm in the right lane, and somebody comes up on the left lane, and say you're going up a hill or whatever, and and you're you're needing to get over to pass, but you're being courteous and letting them go on because they're in a you know, they're in a four-wheel car and you're pulling a big trailer. Uh, and then they get beside you and slow down. You know, that that's that tends to be a little frustrating. Um, but uh, that's that's when I give them the little, you know, the little tail whip. And <laughs> they, they move on pretty good. That's the so, same thing when you're in a car and somebody decides to fly around you and then slow down. Yep. Yeah, basically the same thing. So I only do that when you've pissed me off. Now, I'll fly <laughs> around you and then slow down. But usually it's preceded by me cutting you off it, and making you tailgate me. So. There's there's one common denominator in about everything we've talked about tonight. Most of the time, that person is this right here. Their cell phone is up to their ear. I'm a huge fan of Bluetooth. If you call me and I'm in the car and my Bluetooth is not hooked up, un unless I'm going, you know, to my house from the shop, uh, I'm not answering the phone. You know, it's way too much to risk uh, talking on your phone and, and driving in your car, you know, um, and, and people texting and driving. Good Lord. I mean, uh, it's just really, really dangerous. I, it, it, I've seen people, I've been on the road a lot. I've seen people reading books while driving down the interstate, like have a book oh, yeah. open on their steering wheel while driving down the interstate. And, um, you know, most of the time when, when something that happens that kind of, you know, frustrates me a little bit. Most of the time, they're on their they're on their damn phone. And the texting and um, talking on the phone is a definite annoyance. It has gotten a little bit better, but one of the things people talk about is we've have all of these new safety innovations on cars and how much safer cars are. And yes, there's a little bit more traffic, but our deaths are actually still increasing on the road. 
And it's basically we've made the cars so safe and so comfortable to drive that people think they can do anything in them. Talk right. on the phone, eat their food, read their book, read the newspaper, shave, trim their nails, polish their nails, comb their hair, you know, getting dressed. It just, uh, it's the, I guess, unfortunately, it's why we're going to end up with self-driving cars. <laughs> um, I listened to a cigar podcast and the producer on that show drives a Tesla and the guy that actually owns the cigar shop and owns a podcast, very, very successful cigar retailer. He has a Tesla and he loves to talk about how he puts it in self-driving mode and lets it do whatever he wants. And somebody made a comment that he was chauffeuring a van a couple of weeks ago for an event he had. And he forgot he wasn't in his Tesla because he turned around to the people in the back of the van and started talking to him as he was driving. You know, it's, it's just flat, stupid. Um, you know, that's the biggest argument for the reason we need self-driving cars is Americans don't want to drive anymore. They, they're too busy or whatever. Let's slow down. Bring um, the manual transmission back. I disagree with that one, too. I think that's been brought up before because I, I, I remember driving my CRX five speed, you know, eating, drinking, smoking, and talking on the phone. <laughs> it doesn't prevent you from doing anything. It no. just, <laughs> it, I guess you do pay a little bit closer attention to your driving because you got a shift, but there's many times that, you know, it started approaching rev line and a red line. It wasn't because of uh, performance issues. It's because, well, you know, I was going to get my cigarette lit or I was finishing up a phone call or I was looking for a CD or. But think about this. Think about how many idiots would be off the road. No, I don't think they'd be off the road. They would be for a little bit. <laughs> they would be for a little bit. You would just hit run that risk of who's going to stall out going through the intersection as they take <laughs> off on a hill or rolling back into you. Um, uh, manual transmission, even though the little icon I'm using tonight is the new No Driving Gloves logo with the uh, six-speed transmission, it just... Um, Reverse is in the wrong spot. It all depends on what which car you got. Reverse should be up by fifth. Mm, I, I, I'm trying to think of the shift pattern that's probably from, and I'm not sure. Everybody does it different. Depends what country you're in. But Jason, I'm right, ain't I? Well, he drives Corvettes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, what was the Wesley's got a six speed Corvette. So yeah, he knows where reverse is. Hey, it works for the logo though. So we just <laughs> <laughs> see. Yes. Jason saying I'm sir. Right. Sir doesn't make sense. So it could be you. It could be me. See, Wesley says it's beside fifth. You dang Americans. Ha ha. No. Let's see what see what Google says here. Because they don't have gated shift or gated shifters. Let's see here. Can I type? Who needs a gated shifter? I don't know why people wanted 
Boy, did I really type that horribly. Uh, let's see here. But is it a six-speed, Wesley? Because four-speeds, four-speed uh, are is by first, like a Muncie and a Saginaw. So it looks like the Ferrari puts it down into the left. All right, so by a second. Yes, it flips that R over. Right. So what is that for him? Actually, I think I made that one. I think I modified a drawing. I can't remember. Maybe I didn't. It's from clip art because if you actually put somebody's shifter in there, you probably get sued uh, for copyright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. And here's a Ferrari that it's up and to the left. So, nah, well, we'll let you slide on this one. Okay. Here's a five speed Ferrari where it's up and to the left above first. Yeah, that's pretty common. I know Ultramechs are reverse on a six speed, is up by fifth. And it's annoying. They've got like a reverse lockout. That's like, a fi that's a Ferrari five ninety nine shift pattern. Gotcha. They've got this reverse lockout mm -hmm. that nobody ever made anything for, but now Bowler Transmissions making uh, this reverse lockout deal. That's pretty awesome. You just put your foot on the brake and it goes over in reverse. So like in a in an aftermarket setup, you know, in a in a stock car, that's the way it's set up but it's controlled through the body control module. So you couldn't do it like with the ECM, but Butler came out with this deal. It's pretty, it's pretty slick. So I think we've run them in the last five or six, six speed cars that we've built. And Jason just uh, messaged me a picture of a uh, six speed pattern by, uh, down into the right, but now over by six. So I think that's right under what the heck did he send me? Uh, it went away. He sent me some car that was so attempting. I can't remember. Well, I don't need another car. Many people have told me that recently. <laughs> you do need another car, John. You need a car to come to Gadsden about once a month and play around with uh, me and Wesley. I'm going to be in Gadsden tomorrow morning. Yeah, you gonna come see me? I don't think I have time. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. I got five five stops tomorrow: Gadsden, Atala, and three in Trustville. Yeah. Fun, and actually, fun. I was up in uh, Boaz and something on Monday, so I've been yeah. up your way a couple of times. But I do need to swing by and pick up some. Um, um, I don't know what brand of material you use that I talked to you about that you said you had ton of. Aren't you spot, sponsored by one of those sound deadening mat companies? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I got some. I got some hush mat for you. So I didn't want to use the wrong company. Yep. Thank you for doing that. I correct. Uh, I correct everybody when they say the wrong one. It's hush mat. That's what you're supposed to use. 
Yes. Hush, man. It's a very superior thing. I just want to put it on some of the desks. <laughs> it was a, an S10 square body with a PT cruiser front end. Wow. Yep, that's what he sent me. Oh, my God. But it had a step-side bed, too, did it not, Jason? I'm, I'm picturing that in my head, and it's just gross. It was like 900 bucks, I, And I really would like a small... <laughs> believe it or not, I'd really like a small truck in that five or $6,000 price range. Do not buy that. Well, I was going to buy it and send it up to Big Oak for their next project. Yeah. <laughs> It'll fall off the trailer, I promise. <laughs> Big Oak would send me back a cube crushed metal coffee table. <laughs> That's it. Oh. I think I've seen the pictures of the one you're talking about. Yep. Well, it was for sale on um, Facebook Marketplace, was it not, Jason? And it was local. It's a good thing I'm broke because otherwise it's, a, uh, it's hard to say what I would own. Oh, so what's our final pet peeve? I've got one that's a, a properly functioning car, and I've said many times on this show that I'm a big advocate for vehicle inspections. I don't care what you say about them. I don't care if you think your garage is ripping you off. I love vehicle inspections. Nah. <laughs> it's because you're native Alabama. Mm. I mean, I, I, it, it, I see, I see where you're coming from, uh, and um, it makes yes, sure your, your headlights are working, your turn signals I, are working. I agree. I agree. You your car should, your car should function properly to be on the road, just like you shouldn't be talking on your cell phone while going down the road your your car should be able to perform properly and and all of the functions work to keep the other people safe around you and that's exactly what i'm i agree with it keeps me safe the fact you don't have you know bald tires the fact you're you know you don't have brakes on your car or you know metal to metal or whatever you know, I'm not, I've got a neighbor here since I'm in an apartment that, you know, doesn't have exhaust on his car. It's annoying, but I don't care if you don't have exhaust on your car. I care if you have brakes on your car. Um, if your car is loud, your car is loud. But, I mean, strict safety things that are, that's, I guess, where my inspections go. Strict safety things that are putting the safety of others at risk. Of course, I guess, and you're going to get California talking about, well, the emissions that car is giving out because it's, you know, directly they're going to kill me in a car accident. (laughs) As long as he's using clear duct tape, Wesley, that would probably be okay. Have half of your windshield uh, duct tape. Loud amps is a pest, pest, pet peeve. Blah blah. It's about time to be done here. I mean, is that loud, loud car stereos? I don't see it. Loud car stereos in the inappropriate places. 
I've never seen a loud ant. <laughs> it, it was gray duct tape. Oh. Well, there's one. I don't know if it annoys me. It's just compounding the dumbness of the world. And Eric's commenting. This is another Eric. We've got a couple of Eric's in the uh, chat room tonight. Um, the SoCal squat. And as we know, a lot of uh, states are beginning to outlaw it. And I saw the first um, SoCal squat truck I have in a long time. Um, Let me guess you were in Gadsden the other day. Because they... <laughs> they it might have been when I was in Boaz, or <laughs> I can't remember where I started. Well, you Boaz know, was my second stop. I think I st Guntersville. You know, I, st I started it, in Guntersville. It should annoy the piss out of you, John, because it it really harps on something you were saying a minute ago about inspections. Those done that way are not safe. The drivers can't see. The suspension geometry is way, way, way off. Um, you know, the handling of a vehicle that's done that way to an extreme is bad. I mean, there, there's kids that, that wreck and die every day in a squatted truck. There was one two, three months ago out here, not far from the shop, in a squatted truck, run off the road, couldn't get it straight back out, rolled, killed him, you know? I I totally understand what you're saying, and I totally understand the safety and how it puts other, again, putting other people at risk. But I also was part of the mini truck crowd in the late 80s, and same thing. You just didn't have the, as much news in that. You know how many improperly lowered trucks? Yeah, they were level. Bump steer. Um, I had one that was horrendous bump steer. I had one that would wear out the inside of my front tires because of the camber um, in 500 miles. I mean, camber, down to down camber's to the a, camber's a good thing though. When you turn, your tires flatten out and you turn better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that truck was that fast. <laughs> so, I mean, I was even borderline safe, but I know some people that were even worse than me. You know, you put stack six sets of lowering blocks, you know. And no, I, I agree with that, too. If you're going to lower a vehicle, you need to lower it properly. Uh, I always have. I've never, I've never heated springs and... Uh, you know, I've never done anything like that. I mean, my Tahoe sits right on the ground. And oh, like I say, my courier, we didn't, you know, I couldn't buy a kit for it. You know, this was 91 or 92 and, you know, we're sitting there and me and I can't think of whose driveway I was in, Rob or, and we're going, okay, we got the springs in our hand. Are we cutting two coils or two and a half coils? <laughs> Well, let's go two. The good thing we ain't go two and a half because cross member under the the engine, about inch and a half ground clearance after that one. Perfect. And, and well, that's the one that had the bump steer and would eat up tires like crazy. <laughs> yeah. But there was a lot of other challenges with that truck. It had the same type of step side bed as our PT Cruiser S10 earlier. That's. <laughs> but. Well, there's some pet peeves. We got a lot of conversation about it. It's kind of what I wanted tonight. Um, 
<laughs> Wesley is correct. At least our lowered trucks in the 80s didn't look stupid. That's a fact. And we could still, I would say we could still see out of them, but the thing was is to tint half the windshield or tint the whole windshield. And I can't say that's a... <laughs> There's a reason some of these laws exist now that you can't put tin on your window windshield and you you know it's because we were stupid back in those days. Um, but I think um, I'm going to wrap it up for tonight, and we'll hopefully have Will back next week, and he's going to have some big announcements and some I yep. think for, further gripes. Yeah. Um, so next week um, I'll touch on it a little bit. We've created something in Gadsden. Uh, we've created an autocross in Gadsden. We got a parking lot. We pretty well have ninety-eight percent of it pretty well done. Um, we like a few, you know, dot nines and crossing the T's, so to speak. Um, but uh, there's been a group here in Gadsden um, that got together. Me and Wesley McBrayer are kind of the two main guys behind it. It's called Grip, Grip Autocross. So we're, we've kind of got created our own brand and we're going to start autocrossing in Gadsden. Um, we will know 100% next week. We can give you our first date that we will host our first event. Uh, we're going to keep it kind of small on purpose. Uh, just as we get our feet wet with this, um, then maybe we can even have Wesley on uh, for for the show next week as well and, and talk about it. And I think it could lead into uh, a topic that we could discuss for an hour. So that's it. I guess John was done. He said he no, was done. I, I was reading Jason, Jason's uh, comment there that he's, you know, he's talking all this stuff. Maybe he should have went out and bought that PT Cruiser S10. He's had no car for six weeks. <laughs> well, that, that, I know Jason said something. Um, he could come watch or volunteer. Um, you know, that's something that we're going to need. We're going to need some volunteers. Um, this is a nonprofit deal. Um, and uh, if if people want to come volunteer, we would be more than happy to show them the ropes and teach them uh, what to do. Um, I'm sure Jason's been around this enough and he, he kind of knows what's up. But if if you're new to autocross, if you've never been around it, uh, we want to make this fun. Uh, we don't want to make it intimidating. Uh, it's uh, it's all about getting getting in your car and and driving it and enjoying it learning how to stop, learning how to start, learning how to turn, uh, learning how to accelerate, um, and are, are just being around cars and car people. You know? I mean, that's for years, we've just sat behind our car at a car show to meet people. Why can't we get out and drive our cars aggressively? And, and you don't even have to be aggressive. You can just go out there and have fun with it. It doesn't matter. Anyway. See, and and that's the that's the hidden beauty behind autocross that people don't realize is it's we'll get we'll definitely try to get Wesley and Will arranged for next week and get this all sorted. But I've always supported autocross. It is the best. It is the most fun, and really the most inexpensive way to learn car control. You really don't put your vehicle at risk ninety nine point nine percent of the time. I almost watched Yoder take out a Corvette into a 
building one one autocross, but that's Yoder. Um, occasionally a host of the show, but it's no, it's a very it's a very good way to go out. And even if you're an average person and you're not into racing and you're not into speed, you sit down and you get one of the instructors there to to go do your six runs or however your event's going to be structured. In those six minutes in your car, you'll probably learn more about how what the hell that car will function and control itself than you would in 20 years of driving. And that's one of the big beauties of autocross. But we'll really touch on that next week. The one question I'll ask you off air. But other than that, hopefully we've got Wesley and Will next week talking autocross and what's going on, the Gadsden movement. Um, other than that, are we doing anything other than talking about nodrivinggloves.com where you can buy us a coffee, back episodes, uh, nodrivinggloves.com um, slash talk uh, or call us, excuse me, and you can leave us a voice memo and we can pop that up on the show. Other than that, I'm done for the night. Adios. I'm going to try to end this in a different manner. Let's see if it works. <laughs>